nya 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 pa mba babwe zimbabwe <clears throat> the broken bunsen burner burns so bright south jamie southeast asian peninsula hey, hey jamie yes i think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to Progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. around it. to go away so we need to do a havan is what you're saying hey havan karenge havan karenge if you're in the indian subcontinent you might just understand what i'm saying if you're not you're about to understand something in a lot of detail it's called formula 1 this is called the inside line f1 podcast my name is rishi kapoor kunal shah is my co-producer co-blogger co-host and uh, he gets me the dinner so hey he's a nice <laughs> man so kunai what i'm trying to say is usgp is jinx because first in 2005 when we saw those six cars Uh, run a grand prix it was just dismal and then uh, indianapolis literally disappeared from the calendar now the circuit of the americas yesterday saw four less cars which is about to be 12 less cars i mean uh, it's just not right you know it can't happen in us every time yes i am so glad you are bringing this up mm-hmm. because at the end of the day mm-hmm. i don't understand why does it happen every time formula 1 goes to america <laughs> it's an important market they've been trying to tap it open it but yes uh, along with the fact that marusha and ketram were not around they were taken over by administration they went into administration if i may put it so uh, sahara force india f1 also said we might just boycott the race sabab was going to join in and lotus well lotus was all over the place also yes you know i'm going to stick to the first part of your point which is when you said that it's a very important market and it's important for our listeners to know that racing in united states of america is very very crucial for formula 1 majority of the brands involved have usa as one of the top 3 markets if not the top market mm-hmm. we all know that from a sports sponsorship and a sports business point of view united states of america is a different animal altogether and for all these years formula 1 has actually survived without the american money and the best way to get the american money is go racing there which is why we've had texas and we're talking to las vegas as well okay but why the boycott boycott is that the only way uh, that formula 1 teams can be heard i mean is isn't it formula 1 intelligent enough that can produce so much downforce to have a little money up force out there i'm glad you brought why the boycott i don't know myself mm-hmm. and there were rumors of a boycott because mm-hmm. officially all the teams denied it mm-hmm. but my guess is that they wanted to generate some pr around it mm-hmm. i mean let's face it a caterham and a marusha going into administration is probably a half a billion dollars in each team gone up in smoke literally so who's to blame okay everybody's pointing in this one direction and the person the fingers are going to has also turned his head and said Okay, this time 
maybe it might just be my fault for the first time we actually may have somebody accountable mm-hmm. and i say this because for the russian grand prix debacle mm-hmm. if you remember mm-hmm. we were also wondering who can we go and complain to <laughs> and this time it's bernie eccleston who's got up and said hey i'm to blame okay but you know the system of formula 1 was created by bernie very intelligently because fi was making all the money he turned around and said okay we are we are bringing the entertainment so we should have the rights and then he started selling the rights to f1 that's how he started becoming bernie and <coughs> well everybody demanded their share and he gave them a share and he made everybody richer but he's now making everybody poorer and this is something very complex to understand it's actually very complex i got lost in what you were saying <laughs> and, you know sadly there isn't an official communication regarding this either mm-hmm. there isn't an official note which says which team is earning what for finishing first second third fourth mm-hmm. it's extremely muddy uh-huh. but having said that yes bernie ecclestone can be put to blame mm-hmm. he himself has turned around and said hey i put my hands up i am to blame i work for people who need to make money there is a lot of money in formula 1 it mm-hmm. is just distributed badly all of which if you were to see mm-hmm. are very accurate statements but none of them taking the blame onto himself no no what i'm trying to say is he obviously hasn't learned math in school because if he keeps the 40% himself and then distributes the rest of the 60% in order of preference i'm sorry sir but you're just making money for yourself and not for the sport yes money for himself and something that he's tried to project very well in austin is that the big teams are not cooperating mm-hmm. but it is bernie himself mm-hmm. who's gone and done individual deals with each of the teams mm-hmm. because let's remember that bernie makes money if the teams don't stay united mm-hmm. and the teams have never been united that's how bernie ecclestone's role came into play at best he's a commissioning agent he's got all the teams together and he said hey you know what mm-hmm. i'm going to get you sponsorship contracts i'm going to get you broadcast rights mm-hmm. globally you take about 12 15 17% of your commission here mr ecclestone's making 40% of the commission <laughs> so it's a wrong skew in terms of who's making more money and then the money earned by teams is also distributed unevenly which also results in the fact that teams don't make money what happens is they at most break even because well well they end up spending all the money in technology the bigger teams want to get bigger they want to win every time so they don't see any limit to the amount of costing the productions the engineers the designers etc 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 so is this going to result in the fact that 2015 is what about 6 7 teams only possibly yes i mean and let me put it this way something that's not as well known is the entry list for 2015 mm-hmm. closed on the friday of the austin grand prix which means that bernie ecclestone <laughs> and the, the fia person. and the fia know how many cars will actually be racing next season and this is why the ask for three car teams <laughs> well for, formula 1 is waiting for that fernando alonso is waiting for that but the big teams should realize here that they they've got the bucks to spend uh, some of the teams the smaller teams work on the 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 breakfast budget of the big teams so well we need the smaller teams because we need the new drivers to come and showcase talent and it's a separate battle at the the bottom end of the grid but it is required it is and you know like bernie ecclestone said and i hope he means it mm-hmm. that we need to tear all the existing contracts sit down and have a far more fairer distribution of formula 1's earnings it is also very t- transparent what was very very clear yesterday was the fact that the 2014 cars are up and running at a similar pace to the 2013 in fact faster because 
well the qualifying time was faster how is that possible with a car with not so many aerodynamics with not so much power under its belt just a little bit of more of torque Oh, and 35% less fuel. Oh yes. oh, yes. With the fuel flow meter as well. <laughs> my guess, and I haven't spoken to any engineer yet, mm-hmm. but my guess is the grippier tires. Ah, yes. Very important. I know the humor quotient in this podcast has been not so elaborate, but it was there in the race where Pamela Anderson, I saw her. Ah, She wasn't running down the grid. That's what she should have done. In a red swimsuit. But yes, uh, I, I really like her smile. and with a smiling face she said that she loves the sound of f1 really what sounds are we talking about (laughs) yeah because the the sound of f1 is over there's no sound from the engines there's nothing drivers talk back to the engines (laughs) and you know what even in the green room after the race is over there is a there is no sound between a lewis hamilton and a nico rosberg let's talk about the race rishi what do you think the only sound of F1 is what inside line F1 podcast. <laughs> okay. By the way, the only thing free in Formula One is also our listening. Thank you for listening, but please try and pay us next time. Okay, then you're paying attention right now to the fact that the Austin Grand Prix uh, was a race of two halves. The start, I guess, was a bit dry, except the fact that Perez got some cars to turn and 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 damage Kimi's car, got Adrian to get out for on his. Best qualifying performance of the season. The highlight of the race for me was the duel between Jensen Button and Fernando Alonso and two mature, experienced guys going wheel-to-wheel racing. Brilliant. I I think, you know, everybody says that Jensen is not aggressive enough. Anybody who's seen the replay from yesterday would know that you cannot not have a Jensen Button on the grid because I love him. He's a brilliant guy. He's a great racer. I just hope he has a competitive cockpit next year to show people what he's actually capable of. But, you know, let's talk about the fact that Rosberg, Hamilton, Hamilton, Rosberg, yes, Rosberg qualified very well, some brilliant pace. Hamilton got him in the race. Uh, But, you know, if I was Rosberg, I would visibly be able to see that how much happier the Mercedes (laughs) management is when he wins. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, we will not be able to comment much on that. Yes. Like you keep saying, the heart says Nico Rosberg, the mind says... Lewis Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. But I'm going to bring to you something that you and I discussed. We'll share it with our listeners. Mm -hmm. Is that to me, Nico Rosberg Mm -hmm. seems to have lost out some bit of his pace in the race Mm -hmm. after the driver radio ban was imposed. I think that was Monza. Yes, it was Monza where uh, especially because of Nico Rosberg, a lot of the driver coaching points were thrown out to the media and then it was discussed and the result was a mute conversation between the drivers and, and the engineers and very limited information can go back to the driver's yeah. cockpit. To me, that that makes me believe mm-hmm. that Nico Rosberg is more reactive a driver. He's able to observe, he's mm-hmm. able to read, he's able to adapt mm-hmm. and do exactly what is needed and asked of him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hamilton is a very active driver mm-hmm. and before the Rosberg and Hamilton fans go to war, mm-hmm. which you and I won't, I know that, <laughs> both driver styles are very much prevalent in today's grid. There are drivers who can read telemetry, go out there and do exactly what the telemetry would need them to do. And there are drivers who are far more intuitive, which is the difference between the two Mercedes drivers. Well, but if you talk about the PR game, Mercedes per se would want uh, Hamilton to win. A, because they paid him all the money to get, get him here. B, in terms of a brand perspective, he's a lot more popular than Nico is. Absolutely. And even somewhere, I guess Formula 1 gets a little bigger uh, if 
Lewis wins. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm just imagining the PR story, PR headlines. Mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton, two times World Formula One champion, as opposed to Nico Rosberg wins his first ever World Formula One championship. Mm-hmm. And to me, given that Formula One is a Eurocentric sport, mm-hmm. a Hamilton victory makes more business sense for a far too many people. <laughs> but let's not discount Nico Rosberg's efforts. He was giving Michael Schumacher a run for his money. Um, Lewis Hamilton considered to be one of the fastest guys on the track right now. If he is giving Lewis a hard time, he must be really, really good. Yeah, he is behind in the World Championship. He may not win it, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But he has surely raised his stakes in the 2014 Formula 1 season. Going back to the race, Williams could have scored a podium. Ricciardo, brilliant. Williams, too conservative. Vettel, driver, <laughs> well, uh, six laps of the day. <laughs> this is what brings me back to your comment. The second half of the race. Vettel was brilliant. Ricciardo was outstanding. Williams should have actually got a podium with Felipe Massa once again. But Maldonado made his first points for 2014. Very happy for him. He was looking really competitive. You know, there were a lot of fights between Grosjean and other cars. And Maldonado just came out winning. Uh, But he's got a lot of penalties now. He has more penalties than any other driver in the recent years of F1, except for 2013. And the strange thing is, he was one of the first guys to be confirmed for 2015. And the other point being, Ericsson... Marcus Ericsson has gone to Sauber. Well, Who? Marcus Ericsson. Exactly my point. <laughs> I believe he looks like Richie Rich. He's got the money and Sauber needs the money so well. So, he- who do you think is going to be his partner in Sauber? Ah, well, what Adrian did in qualifying was pretty special. It's contract time, contract time. <laughs> <laughs> John Eric one was again great. Um, like I said, Max Verstappen is asked. For him as a teammate, I don't know if it's going to happen or no. I would love to see Jeff on the grid. He's really, really good. You know, but a great observation that Kunal had is that if Max does make it to the podium next year, he cannot pop to champagne because in many countries, the legal drinking age is 18 and well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in that case, he could just... Gift it to us on the Inside Line F1 podcast. Oh, give me below the podium. Throw it. We'll probably try and crack less jokes on him then. We'll think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, up next is one of our favourite tracks. The old school Interlagos, the Senna S, the Bico de Pato. Oh, that lovely straight. It's a fab track. It's an anti-clockwise track. And it's a track that decides, makes, breaks championships and has the most amount of history. If it rains there, it's havoc. How's it going to be? I'm just wondering if Felipe Massa would win. (laughs) He might win a lot of hearts, but a race? I don't know. Um, It's going to be a Mercedes this time, but... Really, Rishi. Come on, get get a little bit more original. (laughs) Okay, it's going to be a Mercedes engine. (laughs) (laughs) My pick is... uh... I hope Rosberg wins it because he needs to keep his championship hopes alive. Mm -hmm. I hope there isn't a retirement because that would be very unfair on either of the drivers. Yes, yes. And the fact that the double points makes it really interesting. So in a week's time, there'll be the Brazilian Grand Prix and we'll be dissecting it. If you've been really sleepy while watching the US Grand Prix, get some sleep because Brazil is here and it's fast, it's happening, it's going to be happening on the Inside Line F1 podcast. Extra is the Home Depot's free loyalty program built for pros. Members earn perks just for shopping, like new Pro Extra dollars or tool rental perks. Get exclusive benefits every day that save time and money. And here's an extra extra. 
$20 off your next in-store purchase of $200 or more just for signing up. Want to save? Join Pro Extra only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Visit the Pro Desk in-store at homedepot.com slash proextra for details.